0: Praise God, we have uh, just a moment here this evening to talk about some things that are really important to the body of Christ. And they have to do with soul winning, they have to do with the basics of soul winning, and how to make something that seems so complicated, so ominous, uh, a mountain, a giant, and and make it level, level the playing field, make it doable, uh, easy even. And in order to do that, I wanted to re-record some things that I had posted on Facebook years ago, and it's difficult to find it. They, they did away with the notes section, and so it's very hard to find stuff that you wrote if you can find it um, because you just no longer just a little icon. You click on there in your page, and so I just thought, you know what? It's time to just do it fresh and again anyway. You learn things as you go along and you know no more now than I did then and better stories to tell. So uh, we're making this... Um, teaching available to you and I pray it blesses your life we've put it into practice each day and have seen success for years and years and years doing these simple things. I titled this three by five uh, the basics of soul winning or soul winning basics. Let me explain to you what those numbers mean in relationship to this title. Uh, Years ago I was recruited to do a lot of multi-level marketing businesses Within those businesses, there's a rule. It's called the three-foot rule. It may exist in other places. I'm just, I'm not aware of it. I don't know. But I know that what they taught was anybody within three feet of you, pretty much an arm's length, uh, is a candidate for your product or service. So if you're selling Amway or you're selling Melaleuca or whatever those products are, how do you know who to pitch? Uh, your service or your product to well, are they within three feet of you? That that's the rule, and so that really is just kind of anybody that gets in your in your sphere, in your circle, and so that makes it simple. You don't have to wonder who do I talk to. Well, if they're an arm's length away, go ahead. Well, in the soul inning um, world, if you will, I find it to be equally useful uh, to use that rule if they're within three feet of you. Check and see if they're a candidate for your your product or service. You say, what do, what do you mean by that? Well, salvation is a gift from the Father. You don't even have to pay for it. It's already been paid for. So there's a product, if you will. Um, do they need a healing? Well, I can serve them through praying for their healing, which has also been provided through the stripes on Jesus's back. And so you can kind of see where I'm going with this. So I want to give you five questions to ask anybody within three feet of you and and see if you can discover the answer. And if you get a chance to see them more than once, build it like you would a storyline. Okay. Today we discovered that they are in fact born again and they're going to heaven tomorrow or next week when I see them again, let me see if they need a healing. Uh, And if they do, can I minister to them some healing? So anyway, I want to give you five questions that have taken me around the world and just opened up so many doors to have wonderful conversations with people and see life change and be so very different uh, for those that you come into contact with. It really takes the boredom out of your Christian walk and experience if you're having that kind of a thing happen. I hate to say it that way, but people that win souls don't have boring days. I don't have boring times, <laughs> because at any moment you can lead someone to Jesus and set off a party in heaven with the angels, the joy of the Lord in you. And you think about what happens when you win somebody to Jesus, where their spirit is dead and then it becomes alive. You've planted a seed that'll come back in your life. Uh, you have taken the deepest dark darkness that exists on earth. That's the the spiritually dead spirit of a lost person, there's no greater darkness anywhere on earth than the, the dead spirit of a human. Of course there's demons, but we're not winning demons to the Lord. We're, they're, they're done, they're gonna cake and bake in hell. We're talking about in humanity. it's the darkest place. And you get them salvation, they, they pray to be born again and the lights come on in their spirit. Well, you've taken them from the deepest darkness to the brightest light. That's a seed. Nobody forced you to do it. Nobody twisted your arm. You were compelled and led of your own heart. And of course, the the gospel that tells us to go forth and share our faith. And so you're planting a seed. You're, You're making life better for you as well. So let me give you five questions to ask the world around you that's within three feet of you. This is where we get the title three by five. Five questions to ask anyone that gets within three feet of you. You don't have to be a kook or a flake or a wacko or a weirdo. There's a way to do it pleasantly. The Bible says the wisdom of God is first and foremost pure, then it's peaceable, then it's easy to be approached. And you don't have to wrestle with people. You don't have to haggle and argue and debate with people. Listen, a lot of that, if if they're wanting to, to do all that, the Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He's not going to give you grace to speak to prideful people. He's resisting them. Why should you uh, be trying to do anything other than imitate him? So let them alone. Let them be. They'll come a time when they're ready, we pray. And God can maybe send somebody else later on. Uh, But don't waste your time going down black holes with people and rabbit trails that amount to nothing. Look for the humble. Look for the gracious. Look for those that are open to what you have to say about the Lord. So the first question I present to you to ask people to be ready. Uh, you know, Second Timothy four and two says to be instant in season and out of season, to get ready to give a, an account for the hope that you have. Be ready to share Jesus in season and out of season. What does that mean? When it's convenient, when it doesn't seem convenient, be ready. And then um, Luke 14, 23 says to go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Come in where? To the kingdom of heaven, to the house of God, to the things of God. 1 Corinthians 7 and 20 we'll get to in a minute, and then 1 Corinthians 9, 19 we'll get to. But I want to guide you along these lines. So the first question is find out if that person's going to heaven with you or not. You know, I don't really believe we're loving people. Or God, like we think we are, if we think we are, if we're not endeavoring to find out the most important fact of their whole life, where will they spend eternity? And there's ways to do that. There are uh, discovery questions. Uh, There's the gifts of the spirit that, that can tell you things about a person. You can bring up in conversation, work the conversation around those things to set them at ease. There's a 1 John two twenty 20 anointing on you that gives you an unction, a holy unction, and you know all things about all things you need to know about. 1 John two twenty seven, you have an anointing that teaches you concerning all things. Uh, you, you're not in this alone. You have a guardian angel. They have a guardian angel. The Holy Spirit's present. There's a majority trying to work that conversation in a way that you can find out if they're going to heaven or not. Second question, do they need a physical healing? You know, I sometimes, a lot of times, I'll endeavor to minister healing to somebody long before I bring up salvation. I'm really just working smarter rather than harder because very few people, having met Jesus the healer, reject the opportunity to meet Jesus the Lord and Savior. Very few people. have. I can think of two in my whole life. And so, Make your life easier, your soul winning life easier by seeing if they are sniffling. Do they have a cane? Do they cough? Are they talking about their head hurts? Are they feeling icky? Listen, just keep your ears open and and look for little cues to work in an opportunity to bring a blessing on somebody. And then when that healing presence of God, sometimes it's just the warmest anointing, the warmest feeling that comes on somebody and you see their eyes light up, and you oh, he's, the Lord's touching them. Then that's where you say, okay, now, would you like to take this further and meet Jesus, the Lord and Savior? So your first two questions, are they born again? Number two, do they need a healing? And sometimes you can ask two before you ask one. It just fits better. Jesus did that. It's, he went about doing good and healing all and that were oppressed of the devil. That gave them a chance to accept him as their Messiah. To see what he could do. Uh, Most of the people Jesus ministered healing to, we would consider lost. Uh, Healing was not given to the church uh, for the church. Healing was given to the church for the world. You have faith. And the Bible says in James 5.14, the prayer of faith saves the sick. So you, you can use your faith to get healed and stay healthy. God gave gifts of healings and anointings of healings to the church to take it to the world. But so often it's just never left the front door of the church, ever left the yard of the church, and people are just all about themselves. And you need to get out there in the highways and byways. Third question to ask somebody. Uh, do they need a deliverance? You know, there's you don't have to do this hard and core one through five in this order. These are five questions to just listen and practice. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. Maybe I start with, do they need a deliverance? Are they oppressed? Uh, Are they addicted? Do do they have a a dark presence hanging around them? Um, You might try and perceive, are they demon possessed? This is one where you can get in a ditch with and you can really offend some people if you're not careful. But this is a reality of the world we live in. There are people in bondage today. They need to be delivered. You can be a delivering agent. And so ask some probing, gentle questions and discover some things about this person. Um, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians nine nineteen through 23, Paul says, I have become all things to all people that I might win some to the Lord. To the weak, I became weak. And so, you know, there's a way to reach people, to identify with them. You know, uh, there was a girl at the lobby tonight. and She had a t-shirt on that said, guard your heart. And I said, man, that's a a Bible verse. And so I made a point to go back and ask her about her t-shirt. And she just very frankly said, I used to be religious, but I walked away from the church. Some things happened and got a chance to pray with her. We're believing God to just turn her back and um, see uh, a new day dawn in her relationship with Jesus. She said she had been saved and been born again and just really was just kind of in a, you could tell she's in a state of offense and there wasn't a whole lot of people look like trying to, uh, <laughs> guide her back, uh, to the way she should go. Well, we got to to touch base with her tonight using her t-shirt, a foolish thing, like a t-shirt. There was a group in the pool, husband and wife. I just, the inspiration of spirit felt led to go reach out and I, just some things about their lives. I, I believe the Lord showed me and I just went in to offer them prayer. I said, I started off with, hey, is there a hot tub in here? And obviously you could see there wasn't. And um, they said, well, no. I said, but the pool is heated and whatnot. And so we got a chance to just start hobnobbing, we say down south, just talking about little things. And then I told them who I was. And then as I was walking away, stepping away, so as to not crowd or suffocate them, I said, could I offer you prayer for anything? And they said, no. But you know what happened? The Holy Spirit will sit on those words and and he'll talk to them and remind them and say, you know, you needed prayer. And you said to a pastor, no, I don't want prayer. And you sit there and you think about, um, wow, why did I tell a minister I didn't need prayer when I know I need prayer? And now they start to examine their own heart and they start to see some things about themselves. That word is rototilling. So you don't lose, you win. And then I wanted to share this too. There's nothing to be afraid of. If you've decided that you're going to share the Lord with them and and your purpose is to love them, why be afraid? Perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with torment or punishment. How can I be tormented or punished for loving people? So i let love just cast all that out. If they say no, they're not saying no to me. They don't even know me. If they say yes, they're not saying yes to me. They're saying yes to the Lord. So, I, you know, you can't offend corpses, dead people. <laughs> so just, just be dead to your flesh and love people. And fear will leave the whole equation. The uh, fourth question I ask people that's within three feet of me is, are you baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? Because, man, if you're going to heaven, you don't need a healing, you don't need a deliverance but you're trying to live this life apart from being baptized with the Holy Ghost, I mean, you're gonna have a hard time just even going to Walmart. You need to be full of the Lord when you go anywhere in this world today. And so we wanna teach people and instruct people how to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then if you can't do this, well then you need to go learn how to lead people in this and see that's an act of love. And then the fifth question is, are you being discipled in a home local church? A lot of people aren't. A lot of people got a t-shirt. They're happy to be on the save team, but they're not plugged in anywhere. Well, that their spiritual walk with the Lord is is regressed. It's repressed. It's held back from the fullest expression of what it could be. You say, well, I disagree. Well, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with the one that wrote Hebrews 10 that says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as is the custom of some, but you come together even more as you see the day of his return. First Corinthians 14:26. When you come together, brethren, every one of you hath a psalm, a hymn, a doctrine, a tongue, a teaching, a revelation. You can't do those things if you aren't coming together. You can't do those things if you're forsaking assembling. You can't be an obedient Christian and then be living out there on some spiritual island by yourself. You can't do it. And so, you know, you can argue all day, but not with me. You can talk to the Lord about it. Talk to the head of the church about it and see what he says. Um, So those are your five questions. Number one, is that person within three feet of you born again? Do you know? Do you care to know? Number two, do they need a healing? Number three, uh, do they need a deliverance from something? Number four, are they filled with the Holy Ghost? Number five, are they plugged into a church somewhere? If you will spend the time to find out those five questions about the world around you, I promise you, you'll get your ball games, you'll get your movies, your grocery shop and your restaurants, your rest, your sleep, your work, your paycheck, your bills paid. Seek first, live in this way, and all that other stuff will come to you. Yes, you need to work. Yes, you need to grocery shop. Yes, you need to go to the gym. But you can do these things on your way. Um, you know, First Corinthians 7, 20, Paul said, I remained in the condition I was called in. Um, he was a tent maker, and he brought that back in his ministry. Every so often he'd he'd be able to pull from his natural secular work. Uh, Yes, he was an apostle. Yes, he was amazing, used of God, man of God, but he always could identify with the guy on the street, the businessman, uh, because he had remained in his condition. Now, uh, do I believe that all ministers should be bivocational? No. I think you should trust God to, to finance you full time. Uh, there are just times when you have to do things that you have to do. Uh, but listen, if you're a basketball player, when you got saved, don't go try to become a baseball player, stay in that world, stay in that realm. And and then if God wants to promote you into a pulpit ministry or a traveling ministry, that's fine, but just start right there. Are you, are you a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse? Are you a teacher? Uh, are you a coach? Stay right there when God gets a hold of you and then be faithful to minister to the world around you these questions and let God lift you to the next place. Well, I hope this has helped you. Uh, let's put to practice this tonight. If you don't know the Lord, now's your opportunity to pray with me to get to know the Lord. And just simply say this out loud. Say, Father God, I do believe that you resurrected Jesus from the dead just for me as if I was the only one alive on planet earth. Jesus, I take you today to be the Lord of my life. By your spirit, make me a new creation in Christ Jesus where my sin and sin nature is forgiven and forgotten and gone, cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, thank you for receiving me as your very own child tonight. Secondly, if you need a healing in your body, just stretch forth your heart and your hand, your faith with me tonight. Let's touch and agree. Matthew 18 and 19, if any two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth that will be granted by our Father in heaven. Well, Father, your word says in Isaiah 53 verse 5, that by your stripes we are healed. and Isaiah fifty-four seventeen: no weapon formed against them will prosper. Father, I come against sickness and disease and injury and illness in their life. I declare right now they're of a receiving heart, a believing and receiving right now heart. Now, Lord, I thank you for, for causing their health and healing to spring forth suddenly in their physical body. Thirdly, I pray if you're bound by anything, an addiction, a habit, a, a demon spirit's dogging your tracks, Right now, I declare Isaiah 10, 27 over you, that the anointing of God destroys the yoke of bondage in your life. And according to the gospel of John, the word, the truth that you know, make you free. And the truth that you need to know that will make you free is that uh, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are blessed coming in and going out, rising up and lying down. And as you're seeking first the kingdom and his way of doing and being right, all these other things are being added into you. Fourthly, are you needing to be filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time or a second time? Just simply say, Jesus, fill me fresh right now in Jesus' name. Amen.